I also give honor to our pastor today, and Bishop. Bishop's not feeling well, so uh, before we get started, I wonder if we could just lift him up in prayer and ask the Lord to touch Bishop Myers this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, for our bishop, and we pray, Lord, that you're going to touch him and strengthen him, renew his strength, O oh Lord, and touch his body. God, we are so thankful for your goodness and that you're on the throne. We love you, and we thank you, Lord, for just the privilege it is to be in the house of God today. We pray, Lord, that you would touch Bishop Myers, touch our Bible study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. I'm going to pull my thought from this portion of Scripture. It says, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Amen. Everybody say, examine yourself. Know you not your own selves that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. And I'm assuming nobody here today is a reprobate. Amen. But that Christ is in us. Jesus Christ is in us. Amen. Paul is admonishing the church at Corinth to take a good, hard look at themselves. And for uh, the sake of pastor's theme for this month, renewal, I want to talk about renew yourself. Renew yourself in the Lord. Amen? You may be seated. God bless you. So, examine means to endeavor or to scrutinize. It's to try very hard and inspect closely. Now let me just say here, at the beginning of this message, <clears throat> when we begin to look at ourselves, no one else is going to do it for you. Well, there's going to be a lot of people scrutinizing you, looking at you and the way you do it, but nobody is going to be able to examine yourself the way that God needs for each and every one to take a real good hard look at ourselves. No one else is going to be that worried about it. Amen? As a matter of fact, when we have faults and failures and, and we make a mistake, we get real self-conscious self of it, don't we? We're real, um, we feel bad and we just, you know, we're embarrassed and everything. But normally, nobody else really cares <laughs> that much about the situation. As hard as that may seem, people just aren't that interested, amen, but it's so important for us that we have to look inside ourselves. Peter said it this way to the first church, he said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. How many know we're living in a crooked generation? And we have to save yourself, you've got to renew yourself nobody can do it for you amen it's a search for truth amen and i can remember uh, first coming to the house of the lord and i was searching for god and and a little bit searching for him a little bit but i can remember when uh they i came to the pentecostal church and they began to talk to me about the word of god everywhere else people told me this is what we believe and this is how we believe the word 
But when I got to the Pentecostal church, they said, look into the Word for yourself. Look into the Scriptures. That really resonated with me because it told me that they had nothing to hide. They didn't just pick out Scriptures. They said, but when you begin to look into the Word of God, it was very plain and it will speak to you. Amen. But you have to do it yourself. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, renew yourself. Hallelujah. So we have to realize that nobody else is going to do this for us. And the other thing that we have to realize is that we have to get this right. Amen? This is not just something that we can do haphazardly. We need to get this right. You've got one life. Amen? We've got this short span of time in which God is dealing with us, and we need to get this right. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, least, at any, at least by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. So Paul's here is talking to the Corinthians and he's telling them, you say, you know, you see these uh, runners out here that are running in a race. He said, they all do it and they all line up at the starting gate, but they only one receives the prize. You work hard, you do everything you can, but only one person's going to win the race. And they said they, they train and they, they do all these things and they're, they're very passionate about it. And they're doing it to win a prize. But it's a corruptible prize that the world is running for. They're out there running with giving it everything they got. But he's saying they're doing it with, for a corruptible prize. Something that's going to fade away. Amen. And he says, but I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. Paul's saying, I fight, not as one that beateth the air. They do it for a corruptible crown, but we are in this for an incorruptible crown. But he's, he's using the illustration for us that the way that the world goes after the things of the world ought to be the way that we go after the things of God with everything that is in us. Amen? He says, Be not filled with wine as it were is an excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. God spoke to me early on in my walk with the Lord because I was a teenage alcoholic. And when I read that, you know, I thought, you know, don't be filled with wine where it's in excess. You know, I just had to have one more. One more bottle. You know, one more drink. But when I come to the Lord, He said, don't be filled with wine where it's in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, I just need one more touch. Of the Holy Spirit. That's how we ought to be after the Lord. Amen. And he says they are doing it for an incorruptible crown, but we do it 
or for a corruptible crown, but we're doing it for an incorruptible crown. He said, so because of that, I keep under my body, I bring it under subjection. In other words, he's examining himself, he's looking at how he's doing, and he's making sure that he's bringing himself under subjection. He is renewing himself, least by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Think about that. That he's preached to others, and we call him one of the greatest missionaries of all time. Uh, Paul wrote more than two-thirds of the New Testament. And so we look at him and we think a great preacher, but he himself was worried that after he preached to others, he might lose out with God. Amen? We need to realize that we don't have just an automatic ticket into heaven. We just don't get the Holy Ghost and get baptized and just ride this out and we've done everything that we need to do. We need to renew ourselves daily. We need to examine ourselves. Amen. We need to realize nobody else is going to do it for us and we've got to get this right. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to get this right. Now here's one of our problems. We like to examine everybody else. <laughs> That's really easy to do, isn't it? Yes, it is. We like to look at others' faults and failures, and I've often wondered why we're so do that. We like to hear, for some weird reason, we like to, it doesn't, you know, if somebody made a mistake or something, we kind of like that. That's kind of a, you know, excitement about that or something, you know, for whatever weird reason, but one of them is I think it justifies our own faults and failures. We think it does. Amen? But somebody's candle going out doesn't make yours shine any more brighter. This is old saying goes. He says in Luke chapter 6 verse 41 and 42 He says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceiveth that means become aware of, or to know, or to identify, or to examine, if you will, or to renew, why that, but perceiveth not the beam that is in your own eye. Either thou canst, uh, either how canst thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thy own eye. He says, thou hypocrite, cast out first, the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. And he's saying, so we need to be careful when we're looking at somebody else and judging them, right? And he's saying, what you need to do first is examine your own self. Cast out first. Amen? Renew first your own self, and then you're going to be able to, be able to help your brother. Because there is a time that we can look at others, and help others. It's recorded in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore, or renew, if you will, such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, for if any man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. 
we need to be careful that when we see somebody in a fault and it's God's desire for us not to talk about them or just examine them, but for us to go and to restore them, renew them. And he says, you better do it in the spirit of meekness, else you'll also be tempted or you'll be the next to fall. In other words, he's saying, renew yourself, examine yourself, even before we help somebody else. Because when we think that we are something, we need to realize that we are nothing without Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you do think that you're something, when you're nothing, you deceive yourself. Deception, that's the worst place that we can be in our lives is when we are deceived. Amen. Eve was deceived in the garden. Amen. And so we need to realize when we're deceived, you think about Samson and the story of Samson, how he was deceived, self-deception, you know. And you read that story about him laying in Delilah's lap and how many times she had already tricked him to tell him uh, where his strength lied. And he, he was just deceived. He wasn't examining himself. Amen. And so verse 4 says this, but let every man prove his own work. And then she, he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So we all need to prove our own work. He's telling us to examine where we are, to renew where we are. So how do we examine ourselves? How do we renew ourselves? Well, first of all, and it's not rocket science, but prayer. There's no substitute for prayer. And we pray way too little. Amen? We need to pray and pray and pray some more. The psalmist in chapter 139 says it like this, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The psalmist realizes that he needs help from the Lord. He's asking God to search him. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. Try me. See if there be any wicked way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen? I always pray. I say, Lord, do whatever needs to be done in my life that my soul will be saved. And I want to be able to pray that sincerely. There's been times when I've checked myself. Now, you know what you're saying here, you know. But yes, we need to get this right. Amen. We need to realize that this is one shot in our soul is going to live on forever. This old world and this old flesh is just simply going to pass away. Amen. But God, when you know my heart, you know my thoughts, show me. Amen. Help me to be transparent. And I can remember, it's been several years now, probably 10 years ago, I began praying that way. Lord, help me to be transparent. Help me to see myself. As those of others see me, and man, I didn't, I didn't really like what the Lord began to show me. Because that's what God will do when we seek Him in prayer. He knows our heart. And if we ask Him to help us, this is one way that we can renew ourselves and to examine ourselves is through the power of prayer. The psalmist recognized at the beginning of the chapter that the Lord knows everything about him. Just back up in 139 to verses 1 through 6. It says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. 
You know my down-sitting, my uprising. Thou understands my thought that's afar off. You can pass my path and my laying down, and you're acquainted with all of my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid Thy hand upon me. Verse 6, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. When we think about all the power of God, He knows everything about us. He knows our uprising, our downsitting. He knows every word that comes out of our mouth. He knows everything about everything. He created all things. We cannot even comprehend it with our little mind. Amen? We cannot understand such knowledge. The psalmist says, it's too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't reach it. I can't obtain it. I don't understand it. Amen? Because God knows everything. But he also recognizes that he cannot escape God. And this is what he says in verse 7. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? So when we examine ourselves in prayer, we have to be honest with ourselves and open with ourselves and realize that we cannot escape God's presence. He's everywhere. He knows where we're at. You cannot hide from God. Adam and Eve tried to hide from God, right? You cannot hide from God. You cannot run from God. There's basically two choices. You can run from God or you can run to God. Amen? If you run from God, that's what Job tried to do, right? He tried to run from God. God knew where he was at. Sent a storm to throw him out of the boat and great fish to swallow him up. Amen? God knows where you are at. Amen? You cannot, even though we do this, we cannot run from God. You cannot hide from God. So we need to choose the other one, which is run to God. But when we run to God, and I want you to get this, this is, this is the most important thing that I'm going to say here this morning. When we run to God, it requires a confrontation with ourselves. And Brother Green was talking about that this morning. I don't know if he'll preach the same message or not, but he was talking about how the Word of God demands a response. And as he was talking about the Word of God, it took me back to some 38 years ago, I think it is now, or, uh, when I was sitting in the Pentecostal church for my first time. And I, I can remember that confrontation between this old flesh and the Word of God. And the response was to come. And he talked about how we have an altar call because you have to respond to the Word of God. And I can remember that fight. I can even remember uh, walking across the parking lot of uh, the church at that time and in Newark, Ohio, and, and how it was, I felt almost a physical resistance even walking across the parking lot. And from the time that I sat in the pew and the worship began to go on, I felt this inner confrontation. And so when we come to God, there's going to be this confrontation. Amen? And it's not easy. Amen? It's not easy to confront this old flesh 
But it doesn't just happen when we first come to the Lord. It happens every day. If you go to the Lord, amen, every day, examining yourself every day, renewing yourself every day, it requires a confrontation with this old flesh. Amen. And we've got to overcome this flesh. Amen. And that's why prayer will help us. Amen. Prayer can give us that power to overcome it. Our number one enemy is complacency. Amen. We get complacent. We get comfortable with where we're at. There's no really stopping place with the Lord. You don't come to a place where you've arrived and said, I've arrived. God's always got one more step for you to take. God's always taken us to a higher height and a higher level. But it's not always fun in the flesh. It's not fun in the flesh. Amen? But there's rejoicing afterwards. Hallelujah. You look at the example of the talents and the one that received the one talent. What did he do? He just sat on it. He did nothing with it. He was just complacent with what he had. He was not willing to grow, amen, the talent that God had given him. We must grow in our relationship with the Lord, amen? And in order for you to grow, you've got to know yourself. I, that sounds silly, but you don't really know your own self. We don't really even know our own selves. Only God knows who we really are. And that's why you have to examine yourself, to renew yourself every day, to know yourself. You've got to know yourself to be able to grow. Amen? We've got to not only be able to gauge where I've been, but we've got to engage where we are right now. We've got to be able to know not just where we've been, but where am I in my walk with the Lord? How am I doing in my walk with the Lord? Amen. If we don't know those things, then there is, we cannot set a course for the future of where I want to go. You have to have the, the awareness, amen, of who you are and the acceptance of who you are. And that can only come through prayer and the power of prayer. Amen. We do this in our membership class. <clears throat> first right off, first thing right off, we try to help people to recognize their uniqueness, to discover their uniqueness, what it is that God has for them. How are they? What kind of a personality do they have? What, it, what is it that their uh, calling may be? And then once you find that, you have to discipline <laughs> yourself. And that word discipline is where we don't, we don't get past that because that, that requires work. That requires us to self-examine ourselves. Amen? to discipline yourself, amen, in order to develop it. But as we do, our vision of the Lord grows clear, and we, as we simply just ask the Lord to search our heart, amen, and help us to know what His desire for us is. And we have to act on it, we have to respond to this, because you never get ready by just sitting around waiting, right? you got to get going. you got to get up and get dressed. Amen? You only get ready by starting. Amen? <clears throat> when you do, I wrote this down, it says, when you do what you want to do, it will be more difficult 
than you ever imagined. We all have dreams, we all have hopes, we all have expectations. But it doesn't just come handed to us on a silver plate. It comes because we've examined ourselves in our walk with God. Amen? And that's where faith comes in. It says, now faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Faith requires a risk. And that's why we don't like to walk or step out in faith because there's always a risk that's involved. But Hebrews 11.6 tells us, but without it, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek Him. Amen. Renew your search for the Lord. Amen. And that's this confrontation factor, if you will, that we have to face the fears that come into our lives, the, the fear of failure. We none of us like to fail. The fear of trading security for the unknown. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen is that unknown. The fear of what others will say or think. Amen. There's this fear factor, but we know that fear is listed in Revelations chapter 20, uh, 21 with all of these other qualities. Fear is also for the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire. But the fearful, it says at the beginning, and the unbelieving, they're all going to have their place. So we have to be able to confront this fear factor. And that's the biggest thing that keeps us. So we all need to be running towards God. Amen. And we need to examine ourselves. To scrutinize. To examine in detail with careful, critical attention. We've got to get this right. You've got to get this right. And it comes through the power of prayer. Another thing that it does, it comes through the Word of God. Examine yourselves, it said, whether you be in the faith, which simply means the persuasion, conviction, or truth. Amen? What, you know, you got to know what the Word of God says. Examine yourself in the faith. Where do you stand? In the faith, in truth. Amen? How is your convictions? Some people don't have any convictions. Amen? You need to have some convictions. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know it. You've been in services where there's been Hundreds of people in the service, and God will speak to you about something. Amen? You ever been there? Sure we have. Because that's what the Word of God does. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You can try to hide things from 
your pastor. You can try to hide things from your family. You can try to hide things from your co-workers. But we can't hide from God. Everything is open to God. Every God knows all things. Amen. He's got that all-seeing eye. John chapter 5 verse 38. It says, but you have not. He's speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. But you have not his word abiding in you for whom he has sent. Him you believe not. Verse 39, Jesus is telling them, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of Me. And you will not come to Me that you might have life. Amen. Why would they not come to Him so that they could have life? We all want life, right? It's because that they did not search the Scriptures diligently. They did not seek for them. They did not... uh, Search for them with all of their heart, all of their mind, because Jesus is telling them, if you look into the Scriptures, they testify of Me. Amen. But you will not come to Me that you might have life. When He was speaking in Acts chapter 17, this was Paul, I believe, and He said, these are more notable uh, than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with a readiness of mind and they searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Amen examine or renew yourselves, amen, in the Word of God. Folks, we have this powerful Word right here, amen, and we need to know like we never known anything before, like this Word of God, amen, because in it we think we have eternal life, and they are they which testify of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You've got to get this right. Hallelujah. You've got to examine yourself through prayer and through the Word of God. I know that's elementary, but how are you? How do you line up to God's Word? Where are you? It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's hear the Word of God and do it. He said, don't just be a hearer. You've got to be a doer also. And doing is so hard. Amen. We can all hear, but it's the doing part where we get all tripped up. Amen. And so the other thing there in that uh, portion of Scripture was examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, and prove your own selves. Amen. Second Corinthians 3, verse 11, he said, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. To be perfect simply means to restore, to repair. It means to adjust, to make some adjustments. We have to make some adjustments in our lives. That's proving our own selves, amen, or renewing our own selves. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There we go with that confrontation again. You know, we're called to present our bodies this living sacrifice. Nobody likes to sacrifice, right? We don't like to sacrifice. Amen. But that's what we're called to do. Present these bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove hallelujah prove 
yourself what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have to renew our minds. We have to examine where we are. If we're conforming to the world, if we're going in the ways of the world, we've got to sit down, we've got to contemplate upon it, we've got to pray about it and say, God, am I going in the right direction? We've got to renew ourselves in the Lord, examining ourselves. We do it through prayer, and He gives us this great guideline called His Word that He speaks to us, that helps us, amen, in all that we do. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 8 through 16. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the word in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In other words, we need to be going in a certain direction as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is of all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. When we walk after the Lord, He begins to give us light. Show us uh, the things that we need to see. Amen? And it's proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. The light of God. The light of the glorious gospel. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. You've got to wake up. Amen? He doesn't mean from a physical sleep, right? He means from just this unconscious state of not examining ourselves, of looking within ourselves. He's saying, wake up. Pay attention. <laughs> this is real. Nobody's going to do it for you. Amen. And you got to get this right. Hallelujah. He says, wake up, thou that sleepest. You're not examining yourself. You're not bringing this to the Lord. He says, you got to wake up from sleep. you got to rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee the light. See that you walk circumspectly, which means diligently perfect. We need to walk diligently. We need to walk with some, you know, desire and intent and passion. Amen. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We need to redeem the time. We need to realize where we're at. We need to walk in the light. Amen. We need to walk diligently. We have to awake out of this sleep that we can allow ourselves, this complacency that we can allow ourselves to get into. Amen. Wouldn't that be awful if the Lord came and we were left behind and we had sat in the house of God year after year, time after time, but just because we had no change, we never examined ourselves, we just went through the motions just wouldn't that be the most tragic thing? My goodness, I just can't imagine that. We need to redeem the time because the days are evil. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Prove all things. Amen. Hold fast to that which is good.
I want to conclude this message today with Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Everybody's probably familiar with it. But it's the ten virgins, five foolish virgins, five wise. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were wise took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So here we have, they all had oil. They were all going to meet the bridegroom, right? They all were, uh, Christians will say, were all, all ready to go to meet the Lord. But five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Five of them did not examine whether or not they had enough oil to keep the fire burning. Amen? Five were wise. Five were foolish. The foolish ones didn't take enough oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessel with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Amen. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. They did not renew their oil. We've got to make sure, church, that we renew this Holy Spirit within us. Amen. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and for you, but go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. For while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Verse 13. Wouldn't that be an awful thing? One portion of Scripture says, you know, they said, Lord, have we not done great things in Your name? Have we not healed the sick in Your name? And He says, depart from Me. I never knew You. That's hard for us to comprehend. Amen? Somewhere along the line, they did not examine themselves. They did not renew themselves in the Lord. Verse 13 says, watch. Stay awake. Be vigilant. Amen? Watch. Make sure you're paying attention because it's important. Amen? You've got to be paying attention. The, uh, we had a little incident in Ocala where our kids, uh, my son and his daughters, they were, we all stayed in the same house together. And um, Mr. Richie and I had got, gotten up early and was driving into town for something and we got a phone call from Lila, our daughter-in-law. She said, have you seen the girls? I got a six-year-old girl and a four-year-old. Are they with you? And they said, no, they're not with us. And they said, well, they're not in the house. And um, 
Tyler, I guess, they had come to them and they, they didn't see Papa's truck, my truck, in the drive and they wanted to go look for me. So they said, can we go look, see if we can find Papa? And Tyler thought that they had just said, can we go look at Papa's truck? And he said, yes, and come right back. Well, they took off out, and if you've been on the campground, it's a widespread area, and they hear these two little girls, six and four, were wandering around about that time. Sister Richie and I pulled back onto the campus, and Tyler come out of one of the, the uh, buildings there. He was looking diligently all over for him, raised his hands. He said, I can't find them. And, and uh, at that same time, here come two little girls running across this field there here. Hair just blowing in the wind. They are smiling from side to side. And everybody breathed a sigh of relief. And <laughs> I was getting ready to hug them and, and kiss all over. And the dad said, get in the van. And uh, so I stepped back and <laughs> let him do the dad thing there. Amen. But he wasn't paying attention <laughs> when they asked the question. And he said, I was about half asleep. He said, I was half asleep, and I went back to sleep as soon as they had said that. And uh, so you got to pay attention. you got to wake up. This is important. Amen? And I bet he'll never do that again. Just unconsciously say something to him. So we thank the Lord that they were okay. But the message is to watch. Wake up. Examine yourself. Nobody else is going to do it. And you got to get this right. Amen? To keep awake, to be vigilant. For you know not neither the day nor the hour that the Son of Man cometh. We can't assume anything. Amen? We can't assume that, assume that it's just going to be automatic, that I'll just grow automatically. This is something that we have to act on what you know. you got to respond to this word. It goes forth and God wants us to respond to it. Amen? He wants us to be sure that we know. We need to know that the timing is now. The timing is right. A lot of times we assume that this timing gap, it's not the right time to begin. Amen? It's always the right time to begin to search your heart. And diligently seek after the Lord. Amen. We've got to be careful of this mistake consciousness that we have. I'm afraid of making mistakes. Amen. Growing is messy business, isn't it? Amen. The girls learned a lesson the hard way. Never to leave a house again like that. Amen. And we need to realize that growing up can be messy business. A little toddler will walk and fall down, scrape themselves, bruise themselves, but it's the growth process they've got to keep up. Don't worry about the mistakes. You don't have to be perfect. Amen. You're never going to be perfect before you start. God's waiting with open arms saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He says, I'm going to give you rest. A lot of times we want everything to just be... Um, you know, just the right moment, the right things, and we try to get our lives in order before we feel like we're able to seek God. No, we need to come to God just as we are, and He'll help us to make things right. Amen? 
You might say, well, I don't feel like it. <clears throat> but a psycho- psychologist, Jerome Bruner, says you're more likely to act yourself into feeling than feel yourself into action. In other words, you've got to get up and do it. It's like worship the Lord first. Amen? Whether you feel like it or not. Amen? But you're never going to just feel yourself into action. Oh, I feel like doing this. But if you get up and you begin to act upon what you know to do, act upon the Word of God, all of a sudden you'll feel like doing it. You begin to pray, you'll feel like praying more. Amen? You begin to get into the Word of God, you'll feel like getting into the Word of God. Amen? Let's renew ourselves in this new year. Amen? And act upon the Word of God. Examine ourselves. Amen? And let the Lord do a great work in our lives. God bless you this morning. Let's all stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for the power of your presence. And, oh, God, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, will examine ourselves today to listen to the word of God as it comes forth, that we can change our hearts and our lives and to prove our own selves, O oh God, and to realize you're desiring to do a great work in each and every one of our lives. Help us, Jesus, we pray, Lord, to relinquish our will, to crucify this old flesh, and to renew ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.